Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Your Voice on the Mark. And today's guest will absolutely leave you carried away. So (laughs) without further ado, let's get this conversation going with Carrie Welling. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is this is fun. Yay. We just started and it's already fun. (laughs) I know. Like you haven't even asked me anything and I'm like having a great day. This is perfect. (laughs) Uh oh, Uh -oh, this could turn south really quickly for us. I was gonna say, have we peaked and then we're just gonna like it's all downhill. No, we're gonna continue peaking here. Yeah, for sure. Obviously. (laughs) We're talking about your music. (laughs) I wanna go back in time a little bit before we talk about now. Fall of twenty nineteen. You're fresh off your first European tour. You've got this album coming out. You're probably going 2020. That's it, right? Like there's all this excitement. There's all this stuff planned for it. And then go into the beginning of 2020. You were on the train sail across the sun cruise with Delta Ray, literally right before the world stopped. So you were riding this high wave all the way into 2020 and then boom what was that like um that's exactly what it was it was it was a ramp up like you know 2019 was just like it was a ton of touring like i had i just i did a huge cross country tour all through 2019 and then i started doing um it it started it was awesome like it was just the perfect ramp up for the record release you know i started doing opening up for delta ray in november and december and then uh you know i had all the like opening up for david cook and all that and then yeah you're right it was literally like i two weeks before my actual live like i had had it literally set at analog's awesome venue in Nashville, had my musicians, had everything, and people would, like bought plane tickets to come to this, and then boom, it was like pandemic, and they were like, we can't, we're not, the show is canceled, everything's canceled, so it was weird. I had to take a moment of like, whoa, like, like literally all of this adrenaline for the record and this excitement was just kind of like. I don't know. It's kind of, it was kind of like a rush that just like your adrenaline just kind of drops, you know, like after you've been like, I don't know if you've ever ran a marathon or something like you're just so tired after it. That's how it felt. And the, the unknown was so scary about like, wow, when am I going to be able to do this? And so, but I decided, I, I felt this really, this feeling of just like, I have to hold off to release it. You know, I have to hold off. I have to see, see about it, you know? So that's basically the feeling of it. It felt like it was an adrenaline rush for about like eight months. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm tired. I'm going to go to sleep now. (laughs) So the album was ready to be released before COVID or did you have to go through any of the process during the quarantine and lockdown to get the album out in September? It was ready to go. Like it was all up on tune. Like my distribution company was ready. Um, I I had even sent that, you know, I was a little rushed on the artwork because I wanted to um, get it all done before I started going on tour with Delta Ray because it was like, it was set to come out in April and then boom, tour. You know, that was the whole plan. So it was ready. And I don't know. I just had this feeling of like, oh man, I want to do the live show. And, you know, at that point, we didn't know when things were going to start. We were like, okay, maybe this might last for one month, two months. Cut to a now. week. 
<laughs> yeah, a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then I, I ended up putting out like some singles along the way just to sort of weigh it, out, weigh it out. And then September hit and I was like, you know what? Let's do a big bang like online show. And it was so cool. Like I still want to do the live live show with people there once everything opens up. But like the online show, people like showed up. It was really cool. And yeah, it was just, it was, it was kind of a little dream show. It was cool. I'm going to probably forget some stuff off the list, but you've done everything from like your own stuff to a show where your fans can request what they want you to play. And it's not just your music. You'll cover anything. Um, you've done holiday shows. You teach music on these live streams. You teach True. yoga. I mean, you have like um, songwriter sessions where a bunch of you guys get together. Do you enjoy that or is it more of a sense of because you really do like a lot on there and I feel like every time I'm on Instagram I see like you're doing another live somewhere somehow so do you enjoy it or because it's obviously not the same as a live show or is it more about you know that sense of community that you're kind of the nucleus of for your fan base that they can then have this throughout this time yeah that that's it you know I I came into this pandemic with three and I had just put a post about this because I was like whoa that's crazy I screenshotted I, it to ask yeah, you. I did yeah I did three online shows my total and my total like music career which has been a long time and cut to I have over 40 under my belt now. I think the, the way that like I wanted to do it and you, and yeah, I, I have, you know, my yoga certification, I teach voice, I do a ton of stuff. And I actually like, I, I'm, I'm kind of a New Yorker at heart. I like to hustle and I like, I love, I've always thought like artists have to think outside the box. We can't do the same thing over and over, especially right now. There's a million live streams going on. So like, I just wanted to like do be creative and I think it's it's been so fun like what you said like every single show I try to do one a month if sometimes I do two but one big one and I try to make it different every time whether it be themed or like like you said like they make the set list and um it's I to answer your question it's a blast I've been having a blast it is weird now you like it's awkward like when you're done with a a song and nobody claps and you're just like, okay, well, <laughs> hopefully they like that. Um, moving on, you know? <laughs> um, and sometimes it's weird to like watch, you know, it, you're on zoom and somebody's like cleaning the kitchen while they're watching, you know, watching. You. <laughs> um, so things like that, it's odd. And I definitely miss the live shows because there's nothing like the energy of like a person right there in front of you, you know, but this is what we have to work with. And, through it, it's taught me so much and I've had so many amazing so like my sound guy that that helps me out to make I'm really lucky to be able to make these shows look like productions especially during this time um, and uh, last lastly like what you said about community I'm I really love to get to know my fans and they've, you know, become my friends. I'm on that, this thing called Patreon. And so that really brings that community together. They're called my wellows. And, um, I love that. yeah. And so like, 
it's really cool how I started with 30 patrons. I'm now almost up to 130. And through this pandemic, everybody was like, I got you, Carrie. I got you, Carrie. It was, it's just, it's amazing. And it just grows every single time I do these online shows. It just grows. The pandemic is awful, 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 but it's brought some really beautiful things. And you're good at touching on the silver linings and reminding us of that. I try. Yeah. I think it's, it's especially at a time like this where there's a lot of things like it's really easy to go negative, like real easy. So it's like this, I always say like, hold on to the small joys, you know, even if it's tiny. That's such a good motto to live by. Right. Oh, that should be the next t-shirt. That should be next. I'll hold on to the small joys. Carrie Welling, you know? That's, that's the next shirt. I'm buying in. Perfect. I'll give one to you. <laughs> People lose sight of the fact that, like, for me to work from home, I'm just loading up my Zoom on my laptop as opposed to interviewing you in person. Right. Whereas in, for musicians, to be able to work from home, there's almost a revisitation of the drawing board, right? Where do we go? What do we do? How can we get creative? How can we continue to you know, let our music heal in a sense. So what is that process like, especially for you who's doing so much when you went back and you were like, okay, how can I continue to do this? You're right. Because it's, it was weird, you know, um, before the pandemic, I was, you know, you're traveling all the time. Right. And like, even in April, I was set to go out in April, May, and just like tour, tour, tour. And then boom, you're forced to stay home. And a lot of my other musician friends were all just kind of like, uh, whoa. And you know, artists are not, you know, we have to learn how to be business people. We're not necessarily business people. So we're like, oh gosh. Um, so I guess we have to get on our computer and email that person back now, you know, and like, so you, you kind of have to learn it. It's, it's taught me a lot how to work for myself and be my own boss. And as much as music can be very like, woo, yeah, we'll just, whatever, man. It's actually, you have to have a schedule. You have to have, like, you're going to do this on this day, this on this day, and it, in order to make it work and it for, for it to be successful. So I found it kind of cool. Like, it, it's like a little bit of stability, you know, in a way, um, being able to kind of work from home and do these online shows. And, um, you know, you also save a lot of money that way, too. <laughs> like I said, I mean, I can't say it enough. If some, if they... If if any of you don't follow Carrie, go on her Instagram and you'll see that I am not exaggerating. You do so much. So how do you, where did you start? Where did these ideas just start brewing for you? Yeah. Uh, it's so funny. Like I had somebody comment on something like the other day and they're like, Carrie, you exhaust me just watching your, you know, Instagram. <laughs> I'm, I love journaling. I love writing down ideas you know, like in the morning and, and I'm always like, I just have this like fear of just doing the same thing over and over and it getting so monotonous and like, I, like people just won't enjoy it anymore. So ever since, even before the pandemic, my shows, my live shows or like everything that I do, I try to do it like in a creative way. So I have a lot of musician friends where we'll like, you know, we can either do zoom and we just talk about like, what can we do to make this different? Like, for example, I'm going to release um, a track. I can't say it yet, but 
in May with one of my friends and we just had like an hour conversation and back and forth like how do we make this really cool we can't just release the song it's got to be creative you know we like kind of powwow over it um and then I also have I have to give a huge thing uh like big shout out to my assistant Jen we have team meetings every other week and we think about she's like you know I'll, I'll like say like I want to do this and she's like that's great. Or she'll be like, Carrie, that's no, that's not going to work. It's really cool to bounce your ideas off of somebody that really believes in you too. Um, and again, like I get ideas from patron page uh, from patrons. Yeah. My wellos. Like sometimes I'll put up and be like, Hey guys, what do you think about this t-shirt design? And they're like, yeah. Or they'll be like, Carrie, you know, you should, you should start doing like maybe cocktails with Carrie every other week or something on zoom. Like I'm telling you, they give me, they give me a lot of cool ideas. So, um, yeah, like I think that creative, like it just like every day I'm always, it's almost like I have to, like my assistant is like Carrie Saturday, just don't do anything. You're not doing anything. <laughs> you need a day off. Yeah, pretty much. She's like, just like, Take, take this time for yourself, which I have to, like, that's something that I have to work on is just to chill out a little bit. So <laughs> that's why I do yoga, you know? <laughs> of all the things that you've offered, what's the one that you're kind of like, you know, I'm really glad I've been able to do this for people, whether it's the, the lessons or hosting, mm -hmm. you know, private, I guess I would call them, you know, yeah. concerts or, or yoga, whatever it is. What's the one that you're like, you know, this was a silver lining almost. Yeah. Um, honestly, like, it's a, a, like, I, I want to say yoga because, um, you know, it's such a beautiful thing to share the practice of yoga with people. And when I got certified, like, I just love it. It changed my life. It's changed my singing voice. Um, my, my, like, you know, my anxiety um, it's lessened my self love, self worth. It's like, it's all, it's so beautiful mentally, physically. Yes, but mentally. And so I've always, I got my certification because I wanted to share that with people because I think it ties into, uh, my music and what I, especially this net last record, what I'm trying to say, the story to people. So that has been like really cool to be able to do these online yoga especially through the pandemic everybody's like i gotta get my workout in or whatever like do this yoga class come on get, do some wello yoga um that's that's a big thing that i'm like i'm i'm so like grateful that i was able to do that and and to be like honest just these online shows i've had so many people like say carrie these shows have been saving me through this you know, like the gift of music, the, um, you know, just hearing your tunes have been saving me and to look to like have something to look forward to through all this stuff. And, you know, I sometimes feel bad doing a show, for example, last week through all of this political chaos mess going on right now. And I have to tell myself, like, actually, people need this. Like, Carrie, don't feel bad that you're exploiting yourself for the show. They want, they need this right now. They need positivity. They need joy. And so, yeah, that was a big conversation that I had with the other musicians because it was a songwriters round. I was like, should we be doing this? And we're like, yeah, we should. 
we should be doing this. This is, the, this is the time to do this, you know? Totally. Especially when people are looking for that escape. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about high heels and heavy things. Ooh. Are you sure you <laughs> want to get into it? I definitely <laughs> do. Um, <laughs> when you're telling a story from start to finish like that, what do you hope women, because it's such a women's anthem album, sure. what do you hope women get out of that story? And if you want to share that story of what, you know, yeah. the album talks about, go right ahead. Yeah. High Heels and Heavy Things is like, you know, I've always, I've put out a lot of records. Uh, um, one, another, before High Heels and Heavy Things, my EP that was solo. And then I've been in a lot of bands. We put out a ton of records. You know, High Heels and Heavy Things, it came out at a great eight, like age. Like, I'm in my 30s, right? And so I, I feel like it's the most honest record I've ever done. And don't get me wrong, like all my records are honest, but like that was how I, I don't, you know, you come to know yourself a little bit more in your 30s and you experience more things. You go through more heartache. You go through just a little bit more um, like, I don't know, trauma you know, through your life. We all have it, right? Our baggage. And so this record is just, it's just my like favorite thing. And it's really important for artists to believe in their record um, because that's, that's what's going to sell it. And I have never been so, I, I've never been more proud. And the story behind this is really beautiful. I, uh, I actually, the song Good To Me, which was my first single, uh, sort of prompted this and I wrote that song. I was, I worked in the restaurant industry like to support myself in New York city and in California. And then I moved to Nashville and I had gotten so used to having this like finance, like I was scared to sort of take like this leap to just go full-time music for years. And I was like, I can do both. I can do both. But I wasn't, when I go to that job, I'm so grateful for it because it just, you know, paid my rent, paid for the album, you know, but it wasn't, I was a different person. I, I could tell that I wasn't living my full, tr my, my, my truth, you know what I mean? And I was almost making an excuse, you know, and then all of my friends in Nashville, they're like, Carrie, we wouldn't tell everybody this, but you should quit that job full time, go full time music. And that was Alex Wong, Eric Holgis, Brittany Holgis. Um, you know, just Megan Slankard, all these people that these awesome musicians, they're like, just do it, just do it. So one day I came home from the restaurant. I had a really bad, really bad shift. And I had written on a napkin at the, when I was, you know, at the restaurant, um, I'm going to be good to me because I, I had to pet myself up and I brought it to, I brought it home and I took it out of my apron and I put it on the kitchen counter. And at the time, Eric Cole just, uh, we lived together. He was my roommate and he, um, woke up in the morning and he saw it on the counter. He's like, what's that? And I was like, it's a, I don't know. I just was trying to feel better about myself at work. And I just was trying to give myself a little note. And he's like, let's write this song. And I was like, really, you want to write a song about being good, good to yourself? And he's like, yeah. And then we literally went to the, to the living room and we sat on the couch and then I, I was so afraid to write the song because he was like, Carrie, let's write your story. We're going to write your story. You know, the first lyric is 
I've waited on tables for the men who change lives. It's true. I waited on, you know, the president of Warner, the president of this, this, this. They've told me to be like Taylor Swift and they've all this stuff that like, that wasn't really truly me. Um, and the second verse is about self-worth, about, you know, you know, thinking that I'm not skinny enough, thinking that I like, I'm not good enough, that all the stuff that women really think about all the time. And I, the chorus just came out being finally, I'm going to be good to me. And I am telling you this song prompted high heels and heavy things, high heels and heavy thing. Like I, I literally was just like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is it. You just have to be honest. You just have to write your story and people will relate to it. And so that's what I did. I went on this crazy writing spree. I also had some songs that I have had written before that like were perfect, a perfect fit. High Heels and Heavy Things is the title track. Um, and it's about kind of holding on to a lot of baggage when on the outside, everybody's like, oh, Carrie looks, she looks just fine, you know, when really, um, you know, I've got this, you know, fragile heart and I've, I've got a lot of stuff. And it's all also like for women, the whole record is about like, there's a lot of heartache in it and knowing that that's okay and it's part of the journey knowing that, you know, and also being angry. It's okay to be angry. My song, Happy First, it's okay to, to like have moments of like, really? You get to be happy first? Um, yeah, and it's okay to make mistakes. Uh, yeah, and, and, and then the journey, like Settle Me Down kind of opens it because I was, you know, the journey of me being a military brat, traveling all the time and in my mind, do I deserve stability? Do I deserve somebody that's going to give me what I want? And who is that? You know? So there's all these little elements that I was like, this is the story. Um, and I'm super proud of it. It's like, again, it's, and I, it's kind of like one of those things, like if you love it, um, that's amazing. If you don't like it, that's okay. You know what I mean? Because it's I love it. <laughs> I love it. And I mean, good to me is on my workout playlist constantly. And it's, it's just such a, I feel like it's, it literally does like some tracks may not resonate with you, but at some point in that album, there will be a song that resonates with something that every woman has gone through or felt or thought. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, and I want, I like to just say it, you know, there's like writing is interesting. Like sometimes it's to be so poetic. It's not the key. The key is just to say it, you know, just to say really what's true. Um, and I wanted to kind of, to finish that off when I wrote that song, Good To Me, I, March of 2019, I quit my job and I went on tour and I'm telling you, like, it was like the universe was like, ah, you're living your true life. And it was like the doors started opening up, opportunities started opening up. And that is just my testament of like, you, you gotta, you gotta be good to yourself and you gotta do you like, you know what I mean? I totally so. agree. Cause I was also living in New York literally up until COVID. Oh, wow. And yeah, and I happened to be in Miami, luckily, um, for work for the week. I was already coming here and then everything shut down. But I also was working for a place and 
in my first year of moving to New York and I had gone for a purpose, but I obviously needed a job. So I was working at this place and it was so awful that I, it was like one day I had this epiphany of like, I got to get out of here. Things are going to go really South for me. So it's interesting that you had that similar experience. For sure. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, it's kind of amazing what happens if, and it's really scary, right? It's scary to be like, uh, yeah, like, and that's a lot of times what holds people back from really doing what they truly want. Like you always have that feeling in you where you're like, something's not right. Right. But the fear is always like that little barrier. But if you can like, and fear is good that way, it kind of gives you, it's a, it's a warning sign of like something's not right. Someone I know, she's a motivational speaker and she's always like, tap into your fear, dive right on in. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) I know. Like, that's terrifying to think about. (laughs) It could be really bad or really good. It depends how it works out. Absolutely. (laughs) So you mentioned happy first and yesterday, ironically, the timing of this, yesterday you decided to play the tech, tell me what you want to see a picture of game on Instagram. And someone asked you for your the lyrics you love most and you wrote, you said the lyrics to happy first, which lyrics specifically and why is it that song? Yeah, that, so that song is one of my favorite songs to play live because I just, um, you know, we're talking about like fear and being vulnerable and being like ultimately you, I always find people after I play that song, they're like, Oh my God. Oh my gosh, Carrie. Like, that song, you know, when they really listen, it's, it, it's relatable to so many people because it's so, like, it's the most vulnerable song, I think, that I've ever written. And, um, and I love that feeling that people almost, like, you know, they feel like, oh, like, you just, like, literally spoke, like, God just spoke to me. Not saying that I'm God. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is so, like, in your face. And so I... I, you know, throughout my, um, you know, my life, I've been in relationships and, you know, social media is so hard because everybody seems so like when you move on, like when you're moving on and you know, your exes are moving on, everybody just seems so happy. Right. And are they really happy? You know, people just kind of put that face value on socials. Uh, and we all know that, you know, you put on your best face. And, um, this song is really about that. It's about like, you know, and I came into that, right. Super angry. Like I was, I was angry. I was like, I literally all angry or bitter or was it combination? uh, Combination. Yeah. I was, I was just like, really like that. He, he got married. Awesome. You're engaged. (laughs) Okay, cool. You have this like, (laughs) you sound like my sister. (laughs) Like everyone's getting engaged and pregnant. And I'm like, yeah, so (laughs) <laughs> so I came in and I was angry and I got it out and it felt so much better. And, you know, the, um, I had a, uh, an ex that really, uh, broke my heart and that, that bridge, those lyrics that you saw yesterday, um, it's how do you forgive yourself? What secret can you tell? How do you learn to love uh, yourself enough to love someone else? And I guess it's about, you know, making mistakes, um, and, you know, this particular ex made a huge mistake. And I, it's, it's almost like, how, why do you get to move on? Why do you get to have this happy relationship? So it's like, how did you figure out how to heal yourself and move 
like, you know, and move on to get into a happy place. It's actually like a beautiful thing that he did, but it's almost like he did something so hurtful to me. Um, why do you get to be happy first? Why can't I do that first? You know? I totally get it. I totally get yeah. it. Cause I think we all go through that at some point in our life, you know, For sure. but that, so the bridge specifically is yeah. that when you're asking those questions, is that meant like to be internal questions? Like, why can't I, or is it meant, to, is it meant to be like specifically you, like you did this to me, you did this to me and now you're moving on first. Honestly, it's both because he like he did do that to me and that's why I was asking the question but it's also internal too it's also like I want to be able to do that too I want to be able to um forgive myself and move on to be happy basically like that was the whole idea so the whole song is very like you 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 but that bridge kind of takes it together and go and is like oh like I'm preaching to the choir kind of thing you know, got it. That's that interesting. <laughs> Having listened to it and now hearing you talk about it, it's, it's like a, it's like a yeah. process, you know? Yeah. You're going to listen to it again and be like, Oh, I'm already doing that in my head. <laughs> <laughs> you teased that you have new music coming out mm -hmm. in May. Um, what has it been like to kind of, create new music during this time this awkward un like surreal i don't know how else to explain it like we're all stuck in this moment that just seems to never want to go away yeah and my cousin was on a podcast actually um, my cousin tom welling at, like recently and he said something about somebody asked him a very similar question and he said, uh, you know, it's hard to create in turmoil, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of people will be like, you're heartbroken, write about it. Sometimes it takes some time, you know, some people do it right on the spot and they're really good at it. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Which I'm like, I'm always like, how do you do that? But, and so, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think this has been a beautiful time to write, but it's been also a really hard time to write. And it's a little bit of both. I don't know if that answers the question. It's like, I've, you know, it makes sense that every artist should have a record of 2020 because a time we have time to just, and we're, you know, with ourselves a lot, but it's also like, there's so much to write about. There's so many feelings. It's almost like once the dust settles a little bit, that's for me. And again, the creative process is so different for a lot of, pe lot of people, but I resonated with what my cousin said. Um, I am writing through this process, but I almost think I'm like, Ooh, it's coming like more and more. So I like, I can almost smell it, taste it on my tongue. Like there's some substance coming. I've been journaling a lot, a lot of stuff. Like I love journaling in the morning because it like prompts like, Oh Yeah. Like, cause it's kind of like a freestyle. My head is just kind of like going. It's not, I'm not thinking of the day, you know? So, um, that's, I've been doing that a lot. And, but I do think a lot of, I do have new music coming very, very soon, but I think a new album is coming in, uh, 20, like the end of 2021, 
beginning yes. of 2022. So like, I, I don't want to like say that too, like, you know, right. Um, but I do have a lot of music from that I've written through this, but I do think that I'm waiting for a little bit of the dust to settle to write more, to know that what I'm writing is like solid. You know what I mean? Understood. I get it. <laughs> Listen, everyone has their, everyone has their process. And for you, it's different. Cause you're also a musician. Like some, hey. some people just write their own music, but they need a musician to accompany it. So like the yeah. process is always going to be different. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. So with that being said, I feel like the music industry is this almost not forgotten, but it's the one thing that normalcy is going to be the last thing to return, right? Because you can't pack people at Rockwood Music Hall. You can't, you know, pack people in the Opry in Nashville. Like that's going to be the one thing that's like the last domino I feel like to fall. And yet it's, especially for me and I know a lot of the artists that I've spoken to it's the most almost cathartic part of whether you're a fan of music or you create music so where do you see that domino finally falling or what do you hope you know until that domino does fall for live performances Yeah, I've had this conversation a lot, actually. Um, And I, it's, it's so unknown right now because of, you know, what the vaccine, like, we're still waiting on vaccines, all that stuff. But I do think, and I'm, and I think the communities have been really supportive with like, you just mentioned Rockwood, which I love. I love that, you know, that venue. It's one of my favorite, my home. Favorite place to go in New York. (laughs) It's amazing. And, uh, and like, venues like that people have been really great and especially here in Nashville too like to support these small venues that are dying basically like and my fear was that you know once we start opening up they they're going to want a lot of revenues revenue so like they're going to just have these the big A-list artists and what about a lot of the independent artists what about the one you know like the ones that might not pack it all the way you know um And so I think a lot of independent artists are a little worried about that. And I'm hoping, I'm just hoping that like, you know, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. I do. I know that it might be far into 2022, but I, and I think people are going to be, like you said, they're going to be scared. It'll be standing in like a big arena with um, like thousands of people. Like, that's just like, to think about that right now, it's like, it is, it's scary. You know, and when when start when people start taking their masks off, but I do think masks in and those shows are going to be there for a while, for a very like I almost think like two three years. I think people it's oh, going to wow. be you know I think it's going to be a normal, um, in a big gathering like that. Uh, maybe not at grocery stores or whatever, but if everybody's like kind of together, or even on the subways in New York, I think people you know. Um, and which I think we all do need to just, you know, stay super protected before until we really figure this out, you know, so things can open up. So music can thrive again. I, you know, I had a European tour booked for the end of 2021. It just got bumped to 2022, you know, 
like spring. So like they're even being prepared to like, we're just not going to get it going until 2022. Do you, oh man. I don't know, that sounds really? negative, but it's like. No, but it's the honest, it's probably the most honest truth. I mean, yeah. I think that you, I think that that is a safe assumption as opposed yeah. to being like 2021 and yet we're still in this mess and it is 2020. Yeah, exactly. But do you feel, it's interesting you said the thing about the masks. Do you think that that would be an industry mandated thing more like than state by state? Because right now, right now we're living state by state. Right. I think it's going to be more of an industry thing. I think it's going to be up to the band too, the musician, like the booker, whatever they're, you know, the management, whatever they might be like, uh, masks are required. I think it'll eventually be that for a while, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's just such a weird unknown. Like I don't, it's just that feeling of like, I've never had to deal with this. You know, you always have that tour to look forward to. You always have that I do have to say that I have some house concerts. I think house concerts are going to be big outside house concerts in the great weather. I think it's like those house concert hosts are going to be like a godsend to a lot of musicians um, and how they do it safely, social distance. I think that's going to happen a lot in the like later on in 2021. Like you've done a couple, right? Didn't you do one in North Carolina or something? Yeah, I did one and it was, you know, right after I actually I had COVID um, and it was like, you know, I obviously did That's my, right. I forgot you had COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So that was after my quarantine, actually a month after, and I did it and they did it really safe, like literally, and it wasn't that big, you know, house concerts are usually people, some like the big ones are like a hundred people. This one was super small and everybody was spaced out. We wore masks. So, you know, um, when it was a little weird, I'm not going to lie. I was like, you know, we, a lot of musicians have this guilt. Like we're like, and it's different, you know, like you can't connect to that person at the merch table with a mask on. It just, it's like, you know what I mean? It's hard. So the whole thing is just like that, that sense of like, I don't know, connection is a little lost through masks. And so that's another reason why it's going to be, it's going to be a little hard to, to get used to this, you know? But we, we got to do what we got to do, right? I agree. And I think safety is key. And I'm a, you know, I'm a pro mask person and I always will be. I've had COVID. It sucked. I do yoga for fun, but I've never even considered like that I would want to get certified and teach yoga to other people. And I feel like that's such a gift. So what, what forced you or pushed you into that? Yeah. Um, you know, I've been doing yoga for, I've always been a, like a very sporty person. I've always um, worked out, you know, I've been active, like even in high school, I played basketball and volleyball, stuff like that. And um, I just feel like, especially living in New York, you know, you know, it's like madness all the time. And I remember I started doing Bikram and, you know, they call it hot 26 now because of it's been, you know, it's not really great to say in Bikram anymore because of what he did. But anyway, but I loved it. I loved uh, the, um, it's very, you know, there's 26 postures and you go and you get stronger off of those 26 postures. And I just thought that was such a cool, like, I could feel my body, like, 
getting like stronger. The more and more I did it, it was like, it was like a true practice. And so I just fell in love with that concept and it, it eased again, a lot of breath work. It eased my anxiety, which tied to music. It, it eased, um, it, it expanded my diaphragm, which made me sing better. Like it helped me. I had some vocal damage. It helped, um, uh, sort of remedy that a little bit, my, my vocal damage. And it just made me feel even on stage, like, just like, you know, when you're doing yoga, you're, you, you feel, you feel present. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I just fell in love with that concept. I just, you know, working out at the gym just was so like, and there's also that competition of like, you know, who, like, I don't know, it just, it just seemed um, sort of fake to me. Not saying that you're fake if you go to the gym, it's amazing. But to me, I was just like, it wasn't me. But yoga is me. And then I was kind of like you where I was like, I could never see myself. Like, this is a gift. And what you're doing right now and teaching, I'm like, whoa. And you're saying like, inhale your right leg and your left leg. And then, take, you know, like, I was like, I could never do that. And then I had this really, uh, this sort of, uh, my little yogi mentor, Cindy, and she owned a studio here in Nashville. It unfortunately closed because of COVID. But she was like, Carrie, you're going to, like, I just feel like you should get your vinyasa teacher training. And I was like, A, Cindy, like, that's a lot. I have so much going on. And B, like, that's a lot of money. I don't know. I'll pay for you. You're coming. You're coming to Mexico for two weeks, and I'm paying for your certification because I want to do it. And I was like, What? Yeah. And she's okay with me telling us. I've told this story before. I, I wouldn't have turned that down either. <laughs> no, I was like, but, and she's like, no, but you're coming. It's this weekend, these two weeks in July. And I went and, oh my gosh, Jenna, like it changed. Like it was intense. Like I'm talking like you wake up at 5am, you practice two, three times a day. You go to this class, you sleep maybe, and then you do it again, whatever. And um, I met some of these most, the most incredible humans that are still my friend. And then like, it was just so, so cool. Like I have a lot of work to do with my teacher, with my teaching. Like it's a process to become a better teacher. And it's kind of like music. The more and more you're yourself and you feel like you really write for yourself, you are true to yourself same thing with teaching. They're so similar. And I, that, I think that's why I like, and not again, not like I'm saying like, I need validation that whatever. I think it's a, it's the feeling of like you're giving to somebody and then they get something back. Um, and they give back by saying like, you know, wow. And that energy of them giving back, you know? And, um, I think that's the feeling of it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's very similar. Obviously, music is like my, that's my, that's my thing. So like when you say you like good to me, I'm like, really? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> um, yoga again, but yoga has, it's starting to become very similar because I've been doing it more and like, you know, I'm teaching more. Um, and it's, it's, again, it's a way of like knowing that people are healing through this and knowing that you're not alone, you know? You're not alone. That's one of the reasons why people do do yoga. They want to feel a sense of community. And again, like when you listen to music, you want to feel a sense of community. 
You want to know that you're not the only heartbroken person. You're not, you want to know that you're not the only 30 year old that like hates like your exes sometimes. You want to know that you're not the only one that struggles with self-worth, um, you know, self-worthlessness, uh, money issues and stuff like that. And knowing that you're not the only one that's holding a heavy heart because we're just human and, you know, we all go through, like, we all go through it, you know, whether somebody seems perfect, high heels and heavy things, right? Somebody seems perfect, but, you know, internally. I was just going to ask you, is that like the metaphoric symbolism for what high heels and heavy things means? Yeah, exactly. It is. Um, I've always had people, even to me, say like, Carrie, you just seem so put together. I'm always like, <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and I think that that's just like, that's part of it. We all have these little, you know, monsters in us talking to us all the time. And uh, I do have a song called Monster that's, you know, that is about that. It's about like, instead of like letting them take over, like using them to help you fight a little bit. Like that's your team are these monsters. That's the fear, right? That we were talking about. The monster of fear. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. (laughs) (laughs) I typically play a game with my guests. Okay. A quick one. Um, So, For you, I want to play, let's just do rapid questions. People may not know you are also a runner. So what are your must have either songs or musicians on a running playlist? Ooh, Coldplay. (laughs) I love Coldplay. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't? Yeah, like I know I I, sometimes I'm like, "Um, one of my favorite bands is Coldplay. Nobody judge me, but I'm like, what? They're amazing. They've so many great records, but they keep me like, I'm like, yeah, they inspire me as I'm running. Like, you know, I love them. So Coldplay. Do you want more than one? Uh, sure. If you have some more. Um, I think I'm like a weird runner. Like sometimes I like to run to like slower music. Um, but, uh, John Mayer, I like running to John Mayer for some reason. Which song? I mean, his record, Continuum, is such a great record to uh, run to. And I like to listen to lyrics when I'm running because it kind of sets, you know, just like focuses me. Um, so he's just got amazing lyrics. So you're like, oh, yeah, John, you got me on that one, you know. He just uh, released the sickest guitar. Yesterday he posted it. It's um, like the colors are just so insane. I was like, whoa. It's literally, it looks like a piece of art. Wow. More than a guitar. Ooh, I'm going to have to check that out. You will, it's, it's like the latest post that he posted. Okay. Um, okay, so Coldplay, John Mayer, those are good ones. Those yeah. Are good ones. I'd say those are my top. What songs have you found have gotten you through all this turmoil that we've all been living through recently? Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Lori McKenna fan. She's a writer and she's written some with some incredible, um, artists and top hits, whatever, but she is just deep and she's, uh, she writes a lot about being a mom, which I actually don't relate to, but at the same time, I love it. it, I can relate it to something different. You know, that's the cool thing about music. Right. Um, and yeah, 
her records have just been, I've just been, I always just repeat, repeat, repeat them. Um, I would say that I love, uh, gosh, anything like, I'm trying to think of a new, new record that I recently discovered. Honestly, the Miley Cyrus new record is amazing. Um, she has a lot to say too. Yeah. She's got a brand new one. Miley's I love seeing her journey journey. It's a great running record, by the way. Um, and it's because it's just like it pumps you up and it's honest. And she has like, you know, she's got a cut with Stevie Nicks. She's got like, you know, like she's got a lot of like cool people singing with her. Um, yeah. I would say that one recently has been like, whoa. And it just gets you, it gets you through, you know. All right. I haven't listened to the whole thing, so I'll have to listen to it. Yeah, it's great. And oh, Raylan Baxter's, he has a record called Good Morning and it's amazing. He's, he, I love his voice. He's kind of got that like Chris Martin full playish voice as well. Gosh, Chris Martin has such a sick voice. You have a lot of artists who have inspired you. So when you're trying to get into that groove, like who are you, who are you looking to like listen to for that inspiration? Channel. Yeah, my... I always say Cheryl Crow, Bonnie Raitt. I love Natalie Maines from the Dixie Chicks, like her vocally. I'm always just like, yeah, like I just love her tone. Um, and again, Lori McKenna, like how she just kind of like, if you listen to her, she's just kind of like, she just says it and just kind of like a, it just seems easy. You know, it's kind of, she's got a, does the whole Brandy Carlisle thing. You know, not, doesn't necessarily have to rhyme sometimes. She just kind of like says it because she needs to say it. Um, and so I, I think those are for sure. And Bonnie Raitt has just been like, I'm just like, you're a, ah. I want to bow down to her. I want to play guitar like her. <laughs> we'll see. You probably could. You probably could. 2021 balls. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you do like to travel a lot. So must have songs or artists to listen to on like a long road trip. Yeah. Ooh. Um, I mean, I would say, you know what? I used to always listen to Moby on long road trips. That's so like early 2000s or like even like late 90s of me. But like um, he just has that like driving, you know, if you're driving on a road trip or something, you just got that driving kind of like something is something's coming, you know, like <laughs> something good is coming. I'm going to like, you know come into this town and be like, oh, wow. Or like, I'm going to find the love of my life here or something. Like, I just, I don't know why. <laughs> he makes me feel like that. Let um, me know what town you're in when you find the love of your life. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, all right, come on in. Um, um, and I would say, yeah, Moby, I've always just, you know, I love that ambient mu music. It's so cool. Um, I would also say, you know, um, gosh, who was I recently really... Oh, David Ramirez is so cool. He's chill. He's really like his stuff. He's Nashville artist. Um, beautiful lyrics. Kind of sad, but I like sad music. I love um, sad music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great too. I would say those two, just off the top of my head, would be great traveling. Music. That sounds like a great play. Like it's it's also a good mix. It's not yeah. just a great playlist. It's like a ver variety of yeah. 
music. I'm weird weird with music. You know, I don't, I like, you know, folk country stuff like that, but I'm also like, I'm a, I'm a, like a little like emo little kid as well. I I mean, I listen to everything. There's not, you you will not find a single genre lacking from any of my music download platforms. I mean, the reason why you love music, right? The reason why you do the podcast. <laughs> um, and then you, we've touched on this one too, but you have done Zooms where you do covers. So what are your favorite songs to cover? To cover? Ooh. Um, I love singing Strong Enough by Sheryl Crow. That's one of my favorites to cover. Are you strong enough? I just think it's just such a beautiful song. Great written song. Um, I love, you know, the cliche landslide. Every time I sing, it just feels good. In my, it just That song, I'm just like, it feels like honey in my voice. Um, I uh, weirdly love to do Creep by um, Radiohead. Uh, it's kind of a challenge because my, my brother was like, Carrie, I bet you can't cover Radiohead. And I'm like, watch me. And so I, uh, okay. Can you please do that on your next one? Because Radiohead is one of my favorite bands. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if I have a video of me singing it, but yeah, I'll do that for you. We're done with the rapid fire questions. Stand-ins is cool because it is an ode to like the heart, the heartbroken, but at the same time, it's hopeful. And I'll never forget. I did one time I was singing it with Delta Ray on the Melissa Etheridge and I said, hey guys, you know, this is my like, you know, this is a little bit of a sad song and da, da, da. And somebody in the audience was like, no, Carrie, it's your hopeful song. And from then on, I was like, yeah, it's about me finding the one and knowing like in every, like, I feel like female artists kind of has that song, but this is like, you know, I'm not going, like, I call, I'll call them stand-ins until, until the one comes and sticks. And it's not like I'm like hating on these stand-ins. They're, they're people that are supposed to come along in the way and to, to help me find what I want and to help me learn. Better than a dozen roses More than couple drinks on a sunny desert island baby you'll be all I need if another late night caller come knocking at my door for instant gratification Call them all by name. Now I call them standards, wasting my time. If I'd have planned it, you'd already be mine. So come on and claim your ground.
I would say stand-ins. That story is, um, I wrote it with an artist named Mary Bragg, who's a beautiful artist too. You should check her out. Great writer, stunning voice. And it was, again, it's one of those songs, the bridge has a buildup of like the surfer, the painter, that like I have all these, and I have people always asking me all the time, like, and people that I've dated, they're like, you know, that the New York drummer, is that, that? And I'm like, you'll never know. You'll never know. <laughs> I am not telling. <laughs> Anything else that you have coming out that you would want people to know about? I mean, just look out for those online shows. Like I love, like I love meeting new people. Like whenever there's a new person that pops up, I'm always like, like I make sure I'm like, Oh, I don't know you. Welcome. Come on in. Come on in. You are. I felt like when you reached out to me on Instagram, what was it like over the summer? It was like, I felt, I was like, who is this woman that's like giving me basically a hug through DM right now? Yeah, I know. I actually checked you out and I was like, I feel like it's weird. I feel like we have a connection and we don't like, we are, we might've been like sisters in past lives or something. I don't know, whatever. I think online shows, and then, you know, if you ever, you know, if you like the album, if, if you want to support an artist, Patreon is a beautiful thing. And it's helped a lot of artists during the pandemic um, survive uh, with, you know, a loss of jobs and stuff like that. And it's a way, it's kind of like subscribing to Netflix, but you're doing, you're subscribing to your favorite artists and you're getting all these really cool incentives and you're getting in to know a community that likes the same things that you do. And so I always push Patreon because it's, uh, it's just a, it's a fun thing. It really is. Um, and it's more, it's more of a connection to you also because you're yeah. active on it and yes. you are, you know, reaching out to them for certain things. So it's also a good way to get to know you. Yes, personally. Absolutely. And you become my wello and we, we do zoom hangs. Like we're doing one on Sunday. It's, we're doing a show and tell. And then followed with a yoga, you get a free yoga class and stuff like that. So there's, there's some cool incentives to become one. Okay. And then lastly, but you kind of answered this. I always ask my guests and they always hate this question, but it's why I love it. (laughs) (laughs) What was that question? If somebody is listening or watching this and is not familiar with your music, what's the first song that they should listen to? Um... The first song that they should listen to is Good To Me. And I, I'll say that I, I went in, I kind of elaborated on that earlier, but that's, that's the thing that prompted this record and totally changed my life. So, I mean, I think it's just, it is what it, it like when you listen to it, it's, it's just saying what it is. And it's a motto that like, whether you what what who cares what age you are five years old to 85 to 95 that's such a great motto to have because if you're good to yourself you're you're good to other people i like that we need that right now so that's a great place to end this yes (laughs) totally be good to yourself people yeah Um, come on (laughs) carrie thank you so much for joining me i loved having you on this conversation was fascinating (laughs) 